Welcome to Spirit School. My name is Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. I am the host of your Spirit School, where I will share all the lessons and learnings that I have uncovered through my intuitive development and mediumship development journey. I am a professional psychic and medium and intuitive teacher and mentor, and I look forward to walking alongside you on this journey. Welcome to Spirit School. This is an episode all about your connection with your spirit guides and spiritual teams. So how I wanted to start this episode was to share my early awareness that I had a spirit guide. And it wasn't anything super magical as it's about to sound, but I was a child, about seven years old, and I was at a local swimming pool, and I met this boy, and his name is Skylar. And for some reason, when he introduced himself to me, I had this like epiphany. I was like, I have a spirit guy named Skylar. And I never thought about that instance again till much later in my life. But what happened was it um, sparked something in me that became uh, curious, curious about religion, about faith, about what is a spirit guide? Um, do I have angels? And though I'm talking about this as my seven-year-old self, I was not that aware as a seven-year-old. So I don't want people thinking like, whoa, she's evolved. It's nothing like that. But I do remember being curious about churches and about the Bible. And I would attend Jehovah Church and Sunday school and Bible camps. And the church would host Wednesday night dinners and I would go to all those. I was just so curious about religion and about these houses of ceremony and how some of my friends who were uh, in the Jehovah Church were like so into it. They were completely dedicated to um, serving that faith and something around that servicing and around that believing in something greater than yourself was really intriguing to me quite young. So as I went on in my life, I didn't become aware again until Spirit Guides until I was about 17 years old and I had an experience that was quite traumatic and I became a seeker of all things spiritual after this experience. I call it my second awakening. And I read a couple books. I read um, Talking to the Other Side by James Van Prague. And then I read the life-changing book for me back in the day in 1999, maybe it was, um, Sylvia Brown's The Other Side and Back. And through that book, she talks about angels and spirit guides and the fact that our loved ones come back and give us signs of their ever-expanding lives. And... That book really changed my life. That book started this new curiosity within me around ghosts because in her book she talks a lot about hauntings and I was like, ooh, hauntings, what's that? And I became obsessed with the TV show Most Haunted back in the day. I even stayed a night in the tower at Chillingham Castle in Northumberland if anyone else listening was a big follower of that show. Um, and I even joined a paranormal investigation group. But one theme that carried me through some of these early experiences into my spiritual curiosity was the fact that we had angels and spirit guides. It did take until a little bit later in my life, um, close to my 30s, to really get curious to what that means. I think I always had this faith this underlying trust and faith that our loved ones are okay, that they're still able to check in on us. I don't think I ever doubted that in my entire life. And I never doubted that 
I had a guide and I don't know why, but I didn't look into it. I just ha came from this place of trust and faith. So as I evolved and I had a couple more experiences that took me to my third awakening, I call it, um, I started really honing in on this idea that we are assigned a spirit guide and some angels. And I listened to a bunch of different teachers' philosophies on it. Um, I, I've, you know, the way I've approached my spiritual development has been, I want to hear everything. Um, I don't judge what comes in. But at a soul level, I feel a resonance with some information over others. So, you know, Sylvia Brown used to have this saying that I loved, which is, you know, take what you want and leave the rest behind. And I definitely have absorbed that lesson throughout my life. Um, and, you know, it's funny, I keep mentioning Sylvia Brown. I haven't talked about her in years because I think she really opened the spiritual door for a lot of us who are spiritual mediums or psychics or the spiritually curious and with her church Nova Spiritus, um, which I was really intrigued with when I was younger. I feel like, you know, she really paved the way for this to be common conversations in society. And she, you know, she kind of took a hit for the rest of us because we know that she experienced a lot of bad press and a lot of scrutiny and a lot of doubt. And she just like stuck with it. And, you know, I look back at some of the messaging that she has in her books and I feel them to be quite dated, but that doesn't mean that that wasn't the truth back then and her truth and good for her for sharing it. And I just feel that it really kind of blazed this trail for the rest of us to kind of walk in a similar path and find our own spirituality within our own journeys. So enough about that. Um, but this notion around spirit guides that I believe and that resonates with me is that we of course you know, I say, of course, but that we have one main guide. And I believe this main guide to be our very best friend on the other side. I'm working on my philosophy around have we lived a past life together? Um, are they part of our soul group, our family's group? Or are they actually somebody who we've never incarnated with and that we just kind of like trade roles of being each other's spirit guides? And I guess that's how I view my spirit guide, is my best friend on the other side. Somebody that knows the deepest and darkest depths of me, that loves me unconditionally, that is here to not let me fall too far and too hard, and to really have an experience that I kind of signed up for. You know, I'm a big believer in free will. I don't believe that everything that happens to us in our lives is destined planned. I think that we will always end up where we're supposed to end up in some way, shape or form. But a lot of our journey to get there is kind of like a choose your own adventure book. So with that, I think that they help remind us that we are on the right path or nudge us a little bit left or right to um, try to get in that alignment of which we um, came here to kind of accomplish and experience. So, so I guess where I wanted to really go with this around is, you know, how do we know we have a guide? How do we, you know, communicate with them? How do we hear back? And this has been a big um, area of obsession for me, and I've had a lot of magical experiences in this area that I would love to share. And what I believe is if you start looking into the philosophy of what spirit guides are, who they are, what is their role and the purpose in our lives, 
and start feeling into what information is resonating with you at this point in your life and know that as you do spiritually progress and grow and get more curious and learn more things what holds true today may not be the case in a few years time and that's perfectly fine that's all part of evolving and growing so don't put any pressure on needing to know the exact answer you know i always say we know when we go <laughs> and we may not know before then but really start to get curious feel into what information sits with you right now and just go with it and relax around it um, me i like to know that i have a spirit guide you know i know a lot of people um that are spiritual mediums like me they say i see my guide all the time i see them like they're you and me that's not personally my experience it's not how i see my spirit guide um i also feel like i am the only first nations person without an indian guide <laughs> My guide, when he appears to me in my meditations, kind of looks like Tom Cruise. It's like this handsome Caucasian man. And I find that to be kind of funny. I'm like, am I the only native without a native guide? Like, what's going on? But that's just how he appears to me. Why does he appear to me like that? I don't know. Who knows? I don't try to overanalyze it, but it is what it is. So I kind of just have this like trust and faith that I have a spirit guide and that's a great place to start. And one thing that I did really early on is I always started talking to my guide, just like I taught, would talk to my mother or just have a casual conversation within my own head or mind. Um, when I'm driving in the car, when I'm cooking my dinner, um, just in these casual spots. And I would kind of just talk to them about the day, about some fears that I'm feeling, about some doubts I may have. You know, always asking for signs, of course, and being like, you know, can you give me a sign? Can you give me a butterfly today? Um, which I've learned to relax around over the years. And I would just kind of build my trust and faith by having these conversations. And then I would start to go into meditations. And in these meditations, I would put the intention for that I would either want to meet my guide where I would work with my guide on obtaining a calling card from them. So this calling card for me, being a little bit more skeptical than your average psychic medium, had to be physical in nature. I'm like, Skylar, I want to work with you. I want to feel you when you're near me. And I ask you to come through with a calling card that we can work on identifying together. But I would ask that this calling card be physical in nature. So, you know, it took a few years and it took a lot of trial and error and practice, but I have now a calling card from my spirit guide and it's this, it almost feels like a finger touching my back, but it's like an electric uh, volt and, and voltage that hits my back and it, it literally feels like a finger resting on my back and it's electric in nature. And I will tell you, the most time that I feel that calling card from my guide is when I'm not looking for it. <laughs> it's when I'm sitting at my desk at work, just plugging away. Um, I'm not in a state of panic or frantic or, or con contemplating anything spiritual. He actually gives me his calling card and he signed and is signed to me when I'm not expecting it. And I find that there's beauty in that as well, because I know when we're really early on in our spiritual development journeys, we're constant seekers uh, in our meditation. A lot of our meditations are dedicated to connecting, to downloading, to getting information. And that was me very early on as well. It's like I never actually sat to meet myself or to connect with my higher self. Uh, even my early pendulum working days, I used to always be like, Skylar, angels, who's talking to me? And when my teacher at the time said, what if it was you? What if it was your higher self? 
And I had to think about that for a moment. And I felt disappointed, to be honest with you. I didn't want it to be my higher self. I didn't want it to be me. I wanted it to be this external force that was greater than me. And it took me years of incorporating what I call in my meditation practice, no seek weeks, where I would dedicate a week of meditation to not seeking at all and just being and just sitting in that silence and doing body scans and really going within and know that I am a divine soul as well. And all knowing is I'm part of the universe and I have the answers within. And it took me years in spiritual development to get to that point and I'm still working on it. I will not lie. I am still working on it. Um, but I did, you know, dedicate a couple meditations a week over a few years to working on that calling card with my spirit guide. So I highly recommend that that's something that you do as well as talking to them. Like I told you earlier on is that we can just have these casual conversations and just, it's a good way to release a lot of what we're carrying with us throughout the day. So those are two great things to do with your spirit guides. And of course, you can ask for physical signs as well. Um, I've had some experiences with that coming to fruition. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, like, ask for a flower, ask for a butterfly. And I have had a few experiences with that. But in one way that I really work with my guides, and I know that they come through without me being able or needing to see them or hear them or even feel them but I know that they're listening is in my spiritual practice and my business I'll uh, have a month where you know I don't want to see 10 clients a week and I'll be like you know what this month spirit I really think I only want three readings a week or six readings a week and that's exactly what I'll get and I know that working with my guides, I'm putting parameters and boundaries around my energy work and my spiritual practice. I know that they're listening and that they're aligning magic um, to happen for me in that way. So that happens all the time. And you know, even, I hate to say this on radio, but sometimes I really don't feel up to doing some spiritual service work. And I'll know a few days in advance and I'll start, I'll just put out to Skylar just saying, you know, Skylar, Thursday I think I want to just spend time with my family and I want to be with my children so if the stars align and if it serves the highest and greatest good for all involved I would love to have that day freed and nine times out of ten that client will contact me saying that they can't make it for whatever reason and I'm like oh it's all good we can reschedule or cancel or whatever you want and just those little things that happen in my life that I think are pure magic and I do not take for granted are just signs that I'm working in collaboration and in partnership with my spirit guides. And I know that I've developed over the years this trust and faith in their presence and that they don't need to show up and smack me on the side of the head with a dream or, you know, he doesn't have to poke his finger in my back every time just to know he's there. I just have this like innate faith and inner wisdom just knowing that they're there and they're dedicated to um you know the highest and greatest good for both of our journeys because i'm sure when we sign up to be a spirit guide on the other side we do it as well for our own spiritual growth so i know that we're both on a learning journey here and this kind of takes me to you know i hear it a lot in my readings and i'll be honest i don't know the answer i can't say that i will always have the philosophy i don't think any of us really know until we go <laughs> and that is you know is my grandmother my guide is my ex-boyfriend my guide you know that would have passed i'm talking about people who would be sitting at home on the other side and the truth is i think that they definitely are um 
inspirations in our lives and I think that they're influencers in our daily lives I think that they can bring us a lot of magic I think they can bring us synchronicities but I think that when it comes down to the hard stuff there's just not this level of how do you say it they, they're too vested in our happiness and our joy. Um, of course, they would want the best for us, even if they're on the other side and they have a little bit wider of a perspective on why we choose what we choose when it comes to our hardships. But I also think that our guides hold this role, how I envision it, and you know, post in the comments if you agree with me or not. So say I had a near-death experience in 2016 when I was carrying my son, and I literally thought I was going to die. And I also feel that that is an experience that I signed up for and couldn't avoid. That is legit destined, that experience. So what I feel is if my grandmothers on the other side were like, oh my God, save her from her own madness, my guide would have been like, hey, just sit back, let's chill out, have a tea, everybody. She signed up for this. And so that's how I feel that my guide has that role where he's not as invested in making sure that it's rainbows and butterflies for me here he knows i signed up for a certain amount of things to experience for my soul's expansion whereas my grandmother who would be like a second mother to me would be like no she needs rainbow and butterflies i need her to be happy and so i think that there's that fine balance between what we call our spirit guides on the other side another concept that came to me a few years later which i'm always you know, open to new philosophies and new ways of thinking around this. So this is what I hold true now. And it may be different a few years from now, keep in mind. But the thought of having multiple guides was really hard for me to fathom when I first heard it. It's like, I like just having one point, man. <laughs> I'm like, can I just have one? But I do realize now that we can call in guides of, of certain expertise during certain points in our life. So, you know, I was going through a lot of um, financial hardships a few years ago, and it was all for the greater purpose of, um, you know, getting over my fear of money and lack of money. And so I actually would call in a financial guide. I'd be like, you know, Skylar, can you help hook me up with a guide who has like a ton of financial wisdom and experience that can help work me with budgets and helping me, um, you know, get into why I bring so much excess into my home and why I overspend and why I have this fear of there not being enough and I would put that intention forward that I would call in a guide with that expertise and that I would work with them through say journaling or just look for their inspiration and so I do feel that we can call in other guides and I do that even when I teach my classes and my intuitive development circles I'd be like can I please call in my teacher guide you know I could use some wisdom and inspiration on how to connect with the people who've chosen me to work with me today and help me speak fluidly and clearly um, and through inspiration rather than and, you know walls that I put around what I'm going to be talking about that day which is a real human experience so I do think that we can have multiple guides um, you know a lot of people will come to me and say oh somebody told me I had seven guides well yeah you may have at that moment and maybe now you have three I don't know I like people to go inwards to find out who their guides are. I rarely tell people like, oh, you have a male guide with you and their name's Henry. Um, I really just tell people who may be open to it, you know, we have a spiritual team that's here to support us and a lot of them like to be called upon before they just kind of intervene and jump in. So I give them exercises to sit in silence and connect with their energy and get used to what their energy feels like. 
and discover it on their own if it's male or female and if they have a name and just trust it. It's all part of that intuitive development and just trusting and having faith. And the last thing I wanted to talk about this, and there could be 10 podcasts on spirit guides alone. I love it and I'm obsessed. But what I wanted to say earlier was I was talking about how a lot of people say that they see their guides and they see their guides like they're like you and me, mother, father, clear as day. That is not my experience. I actually feel my guide. I can feel a concentrated kind of cobweb feeling somewhere on my body and it tingles. And I know that it's not like goosebumps where it covers both my arms. It's very concentrated on a part of my body. And the finger pointing on my back that I was telling you about but really one of the deepest ways that spirit connects with us is through inspiration so I will just have a thought I will wake up you know my oramist is a good example I really was getting energy sickness early on and I just had this inspiration to make a spray and with this recipe and the recipe just kind of came to me and I created it and I sold a hundred in the first day and I've sold thousands since then and that came through an inspiration and I know that that was influenced by my angels and my guides you know the analytical person in me was like hey what guide was it was it an angel was it a guide was it you Skylar or was it you V which is my mediumship guide which I'll get into another time but you know so just be open that spirit guides communicate to us all differently and it's through sitting in that silence and through practicing connecting with them and building that trust and faith that you will identify how you receive that information and that information receiving in ways will evolve as you evolve uh, sometimes I'll tell Skylar I don't want to feel today can I just hear you and I'll get a thought in my head or I'll hear it through a song and you know guides work with us like that so so don't be um, restricting how you may hear from guides based on other people's experiences try to experience it yourself and um, you know really work with your guide on the language of your soul connection so that is all I wanted to talk about today with spirit guides and your relationship with them. And I appreciate any comments you have. If you could post it in the comments, um, wherever you're listening to this. And if you enjoy the podcast and my messages, then I really appreciate you sharing um, and leaving any kind of review so it's easier for people to find me and my podcast. And yeah, I really enjoyed speaking about this today. And we'll see you next time.